Babies don't come with a manual. But today, there are thousands of books and experts to help guide you when you have a challenge. The problem is, where do you start? This is Helpline in Focus, where we take a deeper dive into the topics we're asked the most about in our regular Helpline episodes. Although, to be fair, parents don't often ask for help, and this is something we're talking about today. So it's a bit of a different topic. It's maintaining your sanity through these tough parenting years. That is, we're talking about parental well-being with parenting coach Karina Lane. Hi, Karina. How are you? I'm good, Chef. Um, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. <laughs> um, I just wanted to start to give people a little bit of insight uh-huh. into who you are and why you do what you do. Um, can you tell me a bit about why you became a parenting coach to begin with? Sure, sure. Well, I've always worked with parents and I'm trained in parenting education, so I know a lot of the theory. Um, but coaching takes it to a new level because um, it's about the person and it's about um what's going on inside and the things that get in the way of us kind of wanting um, achieving our goals and you know when it comes to parenting sometimes we we want to be a particular type of parent but for some reason we get these stumbling blocks that come up and obstacles that get in the way so parent coaching kind of takes it to a deeper level and we work with the person as well as the parent to help them with the challenges and I think what I love about your approach is you're so nurturing and you always have the parents well-being at the forefront and I know we talk a lot about it but I'm just wondering with the people that you help to support what do you see they need I mean are parents being kind to themselves are parents um, expecting a lot of themselves I know I'm kind of leading you there Mm. with questions but (laughs) I'm I'm just curious as to your experience in that area. Yeah, you're so right. Um, parents are not particularly kind to themselves, and me included. You know, we all struggle with that negative self-talk and the inner critic. Social media, you know, as useful as it can be with information at our fingertips, it's also peppered with ways to be better at what we're doing um, and to kind of raise the standards and that sort of thing. And we it kind of we lose touch with the message that being imperfect is absolutely fine. In fact, it's better for your kids to be an imperfect parent that makes mistakes and um, can be okay with that personally, um, than to aim for perfection and to be all the things um, all the time for parents. And we have these high expectations that are impossible standards to meet all the time. So then it's like that cycle, like race, you know, really high standards, can't meet them. So I beat myself up or I go into guilt. Um, And it's just a revolving cycle that I really want to help parents break. And did you ever use a parenting coach or wish you had one? No, I didn't. To be honest, when I first started having babies, I didn't even know about parent coaching, but I have used coaching in different parts of my life as the years have gone by. And it's so invaluable for getting you to kind of see from a different perspective and to see things very clearly, thanks to someone kind of pointing you in the right direction. And it helps you move forward with clarity, um, feeling a lot lighter too. So when when it comes to parenting, how good would it be to feel lighter and have more clarity day to day? And to yes. feel good at the end of the day instead of wiped out and exhausted. So yeah, very necessary. Right. I wish I did have a parenting coach when I was younger. I wouldn't have, when my kids were younger, I wouldn't have wasted so much time worrying. Yeah, that's a big part of it, isn't it? Mm. Well, let's get into questions. This first one says, uh, my husband is keen for his mother to be at the birth of our first child. Mm-hmm. My mother-in-law is a lovely woman and very much part of our daily lives, but I'm not sure that I will want anyone extra there with me when I'm in labor. Hubby has made the argument that she can be his 
backup person, which sort of makes sense. But not having done this before, I'm really unsure about how I might feel on the day. Is it smart to have an extra person at your birth? Mm -hmm. I always thought it would just be me and him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I can immediately see both sides of the argument here because do I want someone in the room that isn't, you know, my immediate partner while I give birth and I'm vulnerable and spread out there? No, <laughs> no, I don't. But at the same time, when I was doing a parenting class quite recently, the birth class next door, suddenly there was a big commotion. An ambulance arrived. They took a guy out on a stretcher because he passed out just from the topic. <laughs> oh my! Just God. from the topic. So. Perhaps deep down, husband here is quite fearful and that's to be, that's understandable. Maybe he's worried about being everything and being the perfect support partner for mum um, and I can see that point of view as well. And this is the benefit of having like a birth doula or some other person in the room to support both mum and dad because they need it in different ways. Um, the birth, a birth doula or a third person could, um, you know, tag team with dad so he could go out and get some um fresh air and kind of freshen up because it can be a long process it can be a bit scary for the blokes as well so probably worth talking a little more with husband about how to make it work for both of you um, maybe mum could just kind of wait in the waiting room and just dad could go and get support out there or maybe you could talk to her about some boundaries and she could be up at the head with you rather than down there or maybe she could you know vacate the room once baby starts to make their, its appearance so that you can have that private moment between you it sounds like um both of you needs to be both of your needs need to be taken into consideration um, so that you both feel supported on, a, on this really important day. And I do think um, that that what you were saying about um, working out what your boundaries are is, is super important as well, because like you said, you can feel very vulnerable. And for a woman to be able to give birth, uh, shall we say, as easily as possible, she needs to feel safe and secure. So Absolutely. I would say to this woman, if there is, if there is any anxiety on your part, of having her in there, I would say to the husband, the waiting room's the best option because you don't want to be <laughs> holding wanna... back those, how you ever you're going to express yourself during yeah. birth because your mother-in-law's there. That's right. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. It sounds like there's room for some negotiation just to make yeah. sure both of their needs are met. Um, but absolutely, please be honest and upfront with your husband so he knows exactly where you're coming from. And likewise. Yeah, because you don't want to start screaming at him and your mother-in-law mid-labor because no. you didn't say it before. <laughs> Not ideal. <laughs> Get out. Okay, this next question uh, says, I had an emergency C-section with my first baby and the recovery was grueling. I was in a lot of pain and totally exhausted all the time. Mm -hmm. This time round, I'm aiming for a V-back and hoping that recovery will be smoother. Do you have any recovery tips that might help? I'm not too sure what to expect after a vaginal birth, but know that having a newborn and a preschooler will be challenging no matter what state I am in. Absolutely. It's going to be a new level of challenging this time around because you've got the two kitties to look after. Um, and recovery after a vaginal birth, look, <clears throat> on average, it's around six to eight weeks for general recovery, but anything can happen. There might be some extra bruising or some stitches that you need to take care of. So generally speaking, um, give it a good six weeks of recovery as your body kind of does the initial repairing. Um, but also remember that it's a nine-month pregnancy journey, so your body's going to need all that time to recover as well. So we do need to keep our expectations nice and realistic. Um, absolutely, you're going to need, you know, look after that area downstairs, the perineum area, so use ice, use painkillers as directed, um, take care of 
bowel movements, try to stay regular. These are all things that are going to speed up your recovery and make things as smooth as possible, so to speak. Um, doing your cables and doing your pelvic floor exercises is also going to come in handy now. Probably the best thing you can do is stay in touch with your GP throughout the process, you know, right up until the end of pregnancy and for your six-week check. If there's any concerns before the six-week GP check, you know, by all means go in and, and see them just to make sure that everything is healing nicely. Um, and please use help, say yes to help um, from all those people offering it, you know, what's your, what's your big um, little boy or girl and help you with the baby. This is when you say yes, because workload is going to be pretty intense and um, rest is the thing that's going to help you recover and heal faster. One thing that I learned through all the many interviews I have done over the years is um, Hannah Darlin, the professor of midwifery at Western Sydney Uni. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget that she was talking about a study she did on the old midwifery practice of using um, a warm compress uh, while previous to giving like while you're in labor. And um, I'm not sure how, how much they used it, but it was just so interesting that this really um, normal old-fashioned technique in her study made quite a difference in terms of, um, I guess, tearing and things like that and just the ease of the birth with the warm compress. I remember when she said it to me, I'm like, it can't. I mean, obviously, it's not going to always work, yeah. but it was something worth looking into, right? Definitely. Definitely worth looking into, worth a try. Yes. But you know um, what? <clears throat> Sorry, you go. You no, finish no. it. No, you I was going to say that um, as sad as it is to say this, there's, you're going to be so busy with two kids that you might not even notice half half of this recovery stuff this time around. So, and I hope that works for you and keeps you busy just in the right way, so that your mind isn't so much on the, you know, um, healing and the recovery and how much things hurt, and more focused on just managing day to day life. But like I said before, any offers of help that come your way, please say yes and please ask if they're not coming. Make sure that you <laughs> put your hand up and ask. It can make all the difference. And a schedule. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Come around here and here. Uh, this next question says, I'm due to have my second baby in January and need your advice on managing my extended family. Last oh, yeah. time round, I had loads of visitors while I was in hospital. Mm -hmm. And then even more once I got home with my baby. I hated having all those visitors in the first two to three weeks after my first bub was born. It was completely overwhelming mm -hmm. and I felt like I couldn't get into any kind of rhythm. How do I tell my friends and family I'd like some more time to recover with my little family before we begin all the family visits? I don't want to upset anyone, but the idea of all that family <laughs> descending fills me with horror. And that's a fairly strong feeling. So we need to honour that, I think, for, for you guys. Um, so, look, friends and family, they're going to be, you know, they fall over themselves wanting to visit the new baby and congratulate you guys. And, you know, you were you opened your doors last time and it kind of didn't bode well for you as you settled into um, a new family life. So I think it's important to honour your family unit this time around, especially as you've got another little bub, little person to look after in the mix as well. So my advice here would always be to get in early with your boundaries. So set it nice and early. Don't wait until they're knocking on the door or ringing up to find out when they can come see you. Even before you go into, you know, well before you go into labour, let your visitors know that this time around, just to help us settle in um, and to help get used to feeding baby and get, you know, older brother or sister used to the new sibling, we're going to need a couple of weeks. So um, we'll let you know, or even better, give them a date that they can, the visiting day that they can come and um, see you guys. And this is when I run the parenting classes, I always um, let dads know that they can feel free to be gatekeeper when it comes to this stuff. So if mum's busy feeding the baby and doing the um, immediate parenting stuff with 
both kids in this case, then, you know, it could be dad's job to step into the gatekeeper role. Um, so he can respond to the texts, he can respond to the messages um, and the knocks on the door or whatever it is. Just come up with a stock standard line. We're just not ready yet. We just need some time. We really love your wall, um, but we just need a little more time and we're going to have, you know, a visiting day on this day and we can't wait to see you. So keep it nice. I know people can get upset and toes can feel crushed and all this sort of stuff but you know I always call it it's like the sandwich approach go in with something nice like we love you guys we love that you're interested um then put your boundary in the middle but we really need some time and then a nice positive one to finish with and we can't wait to see you again soon so go in with that nice and early even put a message out on social media so that you're both on the same page and it's out there clear as day Oh, it's such a lovely way to put it, though. I mean, how can anyone get cranky with that? Yeah, they want the best for you. So they just need to know what the boundary is and what your needs are. So sometimes we just have to be nice and clear with those mm. in a nice way. The next question we have is, um, says, I gave birth in March this year. It was natural birth and not complicated or particularly long, a six-hour labor, but it took months for me to feel anything approaching normal again afterwards. How long is physical recovery meant to take after a natural birth? I'm due again in March next year, and I'm worried that it's going to take even longer this time because my babies will only be 12 months apart and my body feels like it's taken a bit of a beating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know it does take, it feels like your body takes forever to be put back together. <clears throat> but again, we have to remember that it took nine months of changing, like from day dot, from conception, your body started changing. You just weren't that aware of it for the first few weeks, possibly. And then, you know, every single day through that whole 40 week um, gestation period, your body was changing and developing and growing and moving. So once baby is exited, it's the same amount of time that it needs to recover and get back to itself. Now, along the way, there's been another pregnancy, so that's going to probably, you know, extend the full recovery time when you give birth a second time. Um, at least you'll know what to expect a little more at that time. Um, and again, you're going to have two babies to be looking after. So chances are you're going to be quite busy and not so aware of how long it takes. But yeah, it's, it's an expectation thing, I think, here. We do need to give ourselves time to recover. And again, you know, we're bombarded with how to get your tummy back and how to get back on track. And really, that shouldn't that should not be the number one thing on our mind. And you shouldn't feel pressured to recover at a certain speed. It is, you know, down to every woman. You know, six weeks is kind of average for the initial repairing, like I said earlier. But after that, it could take months to feel normal. And so you're absolutely right. You're not alone in feeling like it took forever to feel normal again. We all feel the same way after and there our firstborn. Are, yeah. And there are cultures that literally lock down for a month at least before women are even allowed out of the house because they understand that that period of time is so important for the nurturing and the healing and the you know, the yeah. recovery, I mean, it's, it, it, if you can, if you can switch it, that's probably a better way to think of it. Right. It's not that your body's beaten and it feels terrible. It's that your body is in recovery mode and you need to yeah. take care of it. Like you take care of your babies, like yeah. Yeah. nurture yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Treat yeah. yourself like a temple, feed yourself, rest yourself, water yourself, look after your babies. That's all you have to do in those first few weeks and months. Um, and just, you know, disregard any pressure to do it faster than is than your body can take. Yeah, totally. Another question. Hi, I'm seven months pregnant with my second baby and am suddenly and unexpectedly single, having broken up with my oh, baby's no. father two weeks ago. Geez, that's tough, isn't it? Mm. 
My mother has agreed to be with me for the birth, but will be traveling a couple of hours to do this and will return home afterwards, which means I won't have the partner support I expected to have after my baby comes. Do you have any tips for getting through recovery with a toddler and newborn all on my own? I'd love to have a couple of things in place, but I'm not sure what to focus on before I bring my bubba home. Yeah, that, that is such a tough situation. Um, bringing home a newborn and having a toddler to look after as well is a huge workload. Um, I'm wondering if mum, if mum's coming all the way for for the birth, I'm wondering if mum can stick around for a while. That would be my first idea for you. Maybe if because if mum can stick around, even come for the, the week before the birth, for example, um, and then go home and look after the toddler. And then you can get home and kind of focus on the baby and mum can be looking after toddler for a few days would help you at least kind of um, transition in those early days just to having the two because um, it is a lot of work. Baby number two, I find I found it really hard, um, but certainly the first couple of days while you're still kind of recovery, you'll still be in a bit of a daze. You'll be tired after the birth. It would be great if you could have someone at home just to stay with you. If it's not mum, you know, maybe she's got um, other things she has to get back home for. Maybe it can be someone else, maybe um, a friend or family member, a sister, you know, a sibling of yours could come and stay. Doesn't matter who it is as long as you trust them. Um, and just having someone there would be great. They don't have to be a parent. They don't have to have skills. Um, just someone to support you, I think, is really the number one thing. Would you say, Chev? Oh, 100%. Massive. 100%. I, um, I remember one of my good friends was a, a single parent and she uh, brought her baby home and her mum again, stayed for the birth, but left like the next day. And she was sort of there going, okay, what do I do now? And that initial period, whether it's your first or second baby, it is such a um, adjustment period. Yes. And um, I know it's easy for me to say because, you know, even I had a partner, so he was helping me. But Mm. um, even when things were tough, I, I always found it hard to ask for help, even though I know from doing this podcast for so many years mm-hmm. feed play love I, that's the number one advice I would give women no matter what your situation ask for help and you might feel like you're asking a lot but to be part of that period that initial period of bringing a baby home for a friend you don't discount how special that is for them mm, like you might be asking for their help but they're also probably desperate to be able to support you in that time particularly if it was an unexpected breakup and you're going through all of that stuff yeah friends do want to help and it it makes such a huge you know difference to have them there so I'm I'm totally with you on that yeah and and you're right yeah sometimes they want to help so much but they don't know what to do so they just say things like just let me know what you need and then we never say anything so we need to be clear we need to say thank you I love you for that can you, you know, give them a list, get them help with shopping, let them just hang around with you. Um, and someone to look after your toddler would be, you know, so valuable um, yeah. because your toddler's going to be struggling with the breakup but also with the new sibling arriving. That's a huge um, shake-up of his world. So, you know, you will need support. Um, yeah. You know, if he has, if your toddler has daycare, I would say maybe make sure if you can increase that by a day or two for um, a few weeks while you get used to having baby at home with you, that would also be useful too. Yeah. And a very um, simple thing that um, has been suggested to me when I had my second was to prepare a little box of distractions for your toddler. Mm -hmm. So um, that when you're breastfeeding, you can bring something out each time, whether it's crayons or something to 
color in or a little something to occupy them um, so that you can sit down and breastfeed. And, you know, people will be upset with me, but don't be afraid of using the television put on ABC for kids. If it's only, you know, we know that at the beginning you're always in the chair breastfeeding or Uh feeding, whatever Uh you choose to do. So Uh you're going to be with that baby feeding a lot and your hands will be full. So if you think about it, it's not long in their life that they will be using the screen. You can wean them off later. Just make things easy for yourself. Yes. Oh, so much. Absolutely. That's what TV is there for, like to make life easier. You have to make life easier as you bring home baby number two on your own. I think you deserve a break. Absolutely. Um, You're so right. And you know what else? Every time I fed my my second baby, it would instantly attract the firstborn. Oh, yes. yes. It's the bonding thing and, you know. And they're crawling all over you. Yes. Hold on, this is not working for me. Yes, I know, I know. So that's when you need, yep, get the little box of goodies, give it a cute name or something and put TV on. It's not for long. I so agree with you. You can Mm. undo these sorts of things when you're ready. Yeah, Mm. call Karina. She'll tell you how. Uh, This is our final question. Uh, They say, I'm a very active person. I exercise every day and am struggling to get my head around the idea that I won't be able to exercise after having my baby. As long as I'm fit and well, how long should I wait to get back into exercise? Yeah, look, if you're super fit and the birth is quite standard and your recovery is going well, it's probably possible that you can get out there and start exercising again slowly at first within a few days. But I would say, please check with your medical professionals. You'll have a midwife visiting you at home to check in on your recovery. Ask her. Um, she's going to give you, because she'll know exactly what sort of birth you've been through and how your recovery is traveling. Um, and then she'll give you some really good advice about what you can start with. Definitely, you know, if your body's used to exercise and it's already fit and healthy, you'll, you'll probably be ready quite soon after the birth. But it won't be necessarily to the same exercise standards that you're used to so because first of all you have to kind of do it around the schedule of a baby now um so you know one hour runs and those sorts of things maybe not not so much in the first few weeks so you might need to keep your expectations nice and kind of realistic in those first few weeks start small and um go in slow make sure you're checking in with a gp in terms of your physical um recovery because if you're exercising too soon after the birth your joints are all loose and you're more prone to injury and you can delay recovery which is not going to be good for you if you're a phys- physically active person in the long run because you'll be waiting longer to get back into your yeah. stuff. And I, I get that why people, especially people who enjoy exercise in their life, which I I do as well, I get hmm. why that that feels quite frustrating. But I would also say on reflection that having children, there are, will be periods of your life where you just can't find time. Like you just have to say, and I find I struggle with that, but then Mm. I think, you know what, it's this short period of time. I can get back to that later. And if you can get out and do a walk and keep moving, keep active, that's great. But it's just for that period, you know, when, as they get older, you get back more time, you're able to do more exercise. I mean, I, I, I hand on my heart, I did struggle with that, Yeah, but I think if you can look at it with perspective and go, well. I did just carry a small human for nine months and went through an incredible physical experience of labor. Yeah. However, the baby came out now is time for, to let my body heal. Um, 
you just kind of have to put it in perspective, I think. I think so too. And, I, you know, I, I'm a big advocate for, yes, you can have parts of your old life in your new life as a parent, but you do have to expect it to be a look look and feel a bit different. It's not going to be the same. And it goes back to that pressure of having a ha- getting life exactly how we want it after we become a parent um, in terms of how we look, how we feel, what we do and what we fill our life with. And it's not always very easy to do that. Being a parent fills your brain and fills your heart. So it's all parent, it's all consuming. So you can't, it's important not to get down on yourself when you think, oh, surely I can fit a half hour run in. No, sometimes you just won't. <laughs> sometimes you can't. And I think the interesting thing about that is that you are used to thinking that a run will make you feel better. Mm. Um, when in reality, probably if you really tune into yourself, what's going to make you feel better is a half hour nap on the lounge. Or That's a point, yeah. A, or a cuddle with your partner or reading a book or having a cup of tea, like some really simple nurturing things that you would just assume in your head because exercise does make us feel great and there's a time and a place for that. But immediately post-birth, sometimes the things that's going to make you feel better, well, actually, let's be honest, nine times out of ten, it will be sleep. (laughs) And sleep helps you recover, right? Sleep helps your body recover. Absolutely, absolutely. So we do need to be be careful of adding that extra pressure to ourselves when it comes to exercise. Absolutely. Mm, Yeah. I say that I've got no excuse now, but I still would prefer a nap than going for a run. <laughs> I've got myself getting up at 5.30 in the morning for exercise now. And every oh, morning wow. my alarm goes off and I'm like, no, I can't. But you it's do so it. Hard. But you do it because that's the only how I fit it in. To do it. Yeah, yeah. 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 If I you don't do it, then it doesn't get done. So, yeah. you know, we have to make these choices. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Well, Karina, thank you so much for all your advice today. No problem. If you have a question for our experts, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au, join our weekly live helpline, or leave a question in our Facebook helpline group. And if Karina is the person you want to chat to, you can book a one-on-one private session with her through the Parent School portal on Babyology. All those links will be in the notes of this episode. Next week, we're looking at toddler behavior with Stephanie Wicker, child behavior expert, And toddlers can be tricky, so I hope you can join me for that one. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you then. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.